Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Ross Rita. He is an energy efficiency and renewable energy funder. Ross is approaching his 30th anniversary in the commercial finance industry with experience covering most industry and equipment types. Since 2011, his focus has been on providing creative financing for commercial energy efficiency, renewable energy, energy storage, water, and other energy-related projects. Over the past 10 years, Ross and his colleagues have developed and delivered a wide range of creative financing programs for ESCOs, utility managers, trade allies, manufacturers, and other industry stakeholders. Current finance solutions include lease, loan, and a variety of energy savings agreements. Ross is excited and enthusiastic to play a role in transforming the energy efficiency space, which has been frustrated with a lack of budget issues. Well, we're going to find out. I'm not so sure about that. Long sales cycles. Yeah, that's true. And low close rates. Yep, sometimes, except unless Greg's running it, he's a master. Due to the upfront project cost, his expertise in commercial financing, along with deep under a deep understanding of the energy efficiency and renewable energy industries, provides a high-value, low High value, low brain damage funding program to remove the upfront cost and deliver immediate cash flow. But before we go there, we got to talk to you about Keystone Technologies. Greg Garrick, go to k e y s t o n e t e c h dot com. You know what I love doing is selling one thing that can be multiple things, and that's what Keystone is doing. Maybe better than anyone right now with their color changing. Uh, color selectable and wattage selectable fixtures, recess cans, troughers, high bays, wall packs, everything. Now you can select it. Uh, you can sell the one item, and then you can select the option you want. The customer has the freedom and capability to do it anytime they want. You can change the color, change the wattage, change the lumen, and keep the same fixture. How beautiful is that? Keystone always keeping it so easy. Light made easy. Go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-C-H dot com. And of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. We're hooking it up in Arclight Summit, September 13th. That's right. Be there or be square, sucker. And of course, if you don't have your peeps and Nellis Evolve, what are you thinking, man? That's the best trading program there is. Beep, 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 beep. Little five-minute hot blasters. Taste it. That's right. But right now, Ross, what do you got going on, brother? Man, just another day in paradise here in Pittsburgh, so. <laughs> really, really excited, the, really excited to have the conversation. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, what's interesting to me is that I feel like the LED boom is in the sunset mode now, Greg. And I wonder, you know, how much time is left in all this and how big a role finance is going to play in it. Tell me a little bit about that, Ross, what you got going you know, that's a great question, and I, I peel it back to, you know, 2011, right, when we got started uh, financing the, the first LED projects where, you know, a T8 was 60 bucks, right? And people were scratching their heads trying to figure out how to sell it. And, you know, our, our program's always been very simple. Remove the upfront cost and compare a monthly payment to the savings benefits that, that are generated. But... What we really faced early on, guys, was uh, lack of uptake from the trade ally community. So that's where we started was we were the first commercial lending ally working with the Energy Trust of Oregon focused in the lighting trade ally division, right? There were probably in excess of 200 lighting trade allies in that uh, group when we first started. And folks just didn't want to really changed the way they were used to selling. So I, I would tell you that today, 
we had, we had very little competition back then, but today, if you fast forward 10, 11 years, I think lighting companies are doing a much better job of uh, getting a handle on pre presenting financing and finance options to the customer. So it's more widely known and there are a lot more players in the market. And I think it still makes as much sense today with a, you know, $8 tube as it did with a $60 tube uh, 11 years ago. I think what, well, what, what, got what you? Greg, Greg, hang on a second here. Hang on a second. I think the whole proposition, like I've sold a lot of finance deals in my career. Okay. More than the average lighting distributor. And, yeah. um, I found that it, it, it rested upon the belief in the energy savings. That if you could convince the customer that in the negative numbers, that's what I always call them, that there's going to be an absence of cash paid out on the back end of this project and it's going to represent $2,000 a month or $7,000 a month. So why would you spend a dime? And the, the, all of my smartest customers, Greg Eric, always went for the financing. And they and we we didn't even talk really about interest rates or anything like that. It was about their cash flow. And you know, people and I, I always was baffled about why more people didn't do it. And the the conclusion I came to, Ross, was simply that they didn't believe in the energy savings and they just wanted to pay for it and get it off their books and move on. What's your experience with that? Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you, but you know the the disadvantage that I have is I'm not standing in front of the customer making the pitch. All I can tell you is that the the folks that we work with who kind of lead with a finance op, for example, they'll say, "Hey, one of the best things about doing a project with us is that we've eliminated the upfront cost. There's no upfront cost. The monthly payment is less than the energy savings, and they they." identify the data of how to how to prove that but I, I would tell you that the it seems to me over the years that the folks who are are more comfortable leading with that finance option seem to have a very close a higher close rate compared to the guys who use it as a uh, last resort you know when they they're following up with the customer they can't they can't get them get off the dime and then they might bring up financing at that point where, you know, it's already pretty much a cold sales process at that time. And it's, it's difficult to regenerate it saying, oh, but we have a financing option too. So yeah, here's the interesting thing. We, we deal with very, very small, closely held businesses all the way up to very, very large, you know, multiple location large commercial credits. We're talking with, you know, literally thousands of locations that they're retrofitting to LED. So it's, it's if, if you pick a vertical, you're, you're dealing with a specific type of customer and you match your financing pitch to that particular customer, I think that's where folks have the, have the biggest, the best results anyway. Yeah, what you brought up is interesting on the financing. I, I'm definitely one that, waits till the end for sure i've always been that way good or bad i just uh, it's always seemed like more of a hassle than it's worth what i find when i get into financing is i go through it and i say give them the proposal and then um you know they say a lot of times they ask me can you do financing yeah we can do financing let's figure it out and we give them all the details and there's a few programs we've worked with 
I haven't worked with yours. Maybe maybe you've got the secret. But every time I do it, they start the process and then they say, "This is more hassle than it's worth. I'm not going to finance, but we'll do the project." You know, before you jump in, Ross, I've always found that the attrition starts with a third party when you ask them to fill out the paperwork. And then they all they all like the idea of the financing until it's going to go on their books. So like if Greg's willing to wait two years to get paid and he's going to send them an invoice every month from Premier Lighting, <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll do that. But Greg doesn't want to do that. And um, I always find that the, the problem is with, you know, you got to get to the CFO. The CFO says he's got a better rate. It, sometimes it causes problem closing the project. It makes It's like a hassle at the end, you know, and then you could lose the deal. I agree 100%. That, and I, I would tell you that we've really gone to a more of a finance as a service model where we're, we're packaging everything at, with Greg's company logo. The, the folks that have the best finance programs in the lighting industry make it look like their own, right? So regardless whether the deal's being outsourced or not, they control the interest rate. Right, because they control the project cost, you can control the interest rate. The application has, you know, Greg's company, Premier Lighting, right? It would it would be branded for Premier Lighting. And in the conversation with the customer, they say, you know, we have we have multiple sources that buy these deals from us based on the size of the deal and the credit quality and all that. But the tighter you control your finance program and internalize it. And that's one of the things that we do is I'm very transparent. We, we bring multiple funding sources to the table for leases, loans, lighting as a service. There's no one size fits all. And that's why you have to have multiple funding sources. So we, we manage all that process on behalf of Premier Lighting. But the customer facing presentation is this is Greg's program and he controls it. That's where you have the most success. Can you lease an asset that's fixed to real property? I thought you couldn't do that. Certainly. Yeah. If And, and some lenders don't even require a fixture filing anymore. Back when we first started, every deal we had to have what's called a fixture filing. So in, in the U.S., the, in the leasing industry, there's this thing called the Uniform Commercial Code. And you secure your interest in the equipment by filing a UCC1 financing statement. There's a, a part A. There's a there's an add-on to that called a fixture filing that says, "Hey, we're financing a fixture that's attached to this building. Therefore, we're filing a fixture filing." I will tell you today, I rarely see very rarely see the requirement to have a fixture filing. Most of it's just a straight UCC one. They don't even care that it's a fixture anymore. What's a UCC one? What's that? A UCC one, Uniform Commercial Code one is a financing statement form that's filed with the Secretary of State of the state where the project's located that says, we have a financial interest in this fixture in this building. So it's same as any type of other equipment leasing that you do. The leasing company is going to file what's called a UCC-1 on the equipment to verify their right title and interest in the equipment. All right. I got a question for you now, man. 
You ever repossess a light fixture? Come on. I got to tell you, the, the reason that I stay in this vertical is that since 2000, fourth quarter of 2011 until now, the only defaults that we've had are on our, in our world, a default is, is, is if a customer, you know, goes out of business completely. And the only instances we've had of that that come to mind is one warehouse that we did, 35-year-old company, 35 years time in business, a big distribution center. Six months later, a guy sent me a newspaper article saying that after 35 years, we're calling it quits, our final inventory sales. So I, I called the lender and I said, hey, I got some bad news for you. This this company has, is going out of business. And she said, yeah, we know that they already told us and they're keeping the warehouse and leasing it out to somebody else. So it really wasn't even a default. But I have never had to repossess anything in the energy space that we've done. <laughs> That's so you. So what kind of interest rates do you work with? Like I know, I know that we don't present when you're presenting financing to someone. You never. It's always zero percent. That's how you present it. It's I'm always, the, no, I'm, I'm, we're always here's here's the way I do it. <clears throat> I give the rates to Greg, and Greg decides what he wants to show the customer. So there's there's three primary verticals that we work in. Commercial industrial, you know, the larger deals for legit, you know, larger commercial credit. Right now, we're in the five to six and a half, maybe seven percent range, depending on credit quality. In the small business, closely held uh, you know, mom and pop kind of shops, one location, it might be a fifteen thousand dollar deal. You're probably going to be in the seven to nine percent range, right? We we strive not to go into the double digits, so that when Greg wants to buy that rate down for the customer, it doesn't cost him an arm and a leg. The third bucket of business is what we call tax exempt. So that would be your city, county, state, you know, government entities and school districts. And we're quite active in that space, especially with school districts who are doing lighting retrofits. And those rates right now are, are right around 3%. So it could be 275 oh, to 325, but we're, we're right at 3% on uh, tax exempt lease purchase programs for lighting retrofits for schools. So anywhere from 3 to 10%, best way I can answer that. So let's take an example of a project and let's just do the tax exempt because that's the best one. So it's a $100,000 project that has saves $5,000 a month. That's a 20 month payback, you know, doing that math quick. But what would what, that look like? How does a payment on a monthly basis look? Do you go, you do 5,000 a month and then you extend it out a couple months to make up for that percentage or what's the way to go? No, the, be the best pitch is always to offer them. We, almost every uh, tax exempt deal we do is a five-year term on a lighting retrofit. And so a five-year term on a $100,000 deal at 3% uh, interest would be roughly 1800 bucks a month. So if you're, and, th and that's a guess, that's a wild ass guess, right? So it could be a little, little less, but say it's 1800 bucks. And then what we do is we have a, a little calculator program that does a 10 year cash flow spread that spreads that 1800 bucks a month over the five years 
against whatever savings calculations you've had. And we present the school district, you present the school district, the 10-year cash flow spread with financing that shows, hey, there's no cost up front. It's payments in arrears. So a lot of the time with school districts, we offer quarterly, semi-annual, or annual payments in arrears. So they're they're already saving before they have to make any payment. But it's usually a five-year term. They can do shorter if they want, but most of the time it's just a straight five years and they're happy with the cash flow, you know, positive cash flow in those deals. So it's pretty, it's pretty simple. And, and, and when we say you know, the, the, the lowest amount of brain damage possible, we truly, we truly try to keep it to keep it to a minimum so that they don't lose interest or get pissed off about, you know, they're asking for this, they're asking for that. I'll tell you what, especially in the tax exempt space, the data is available. They're happy to, to, to share the data. And we very, very seldom have a tax exempt deal that we can't get done. Why do you do a, a 10 year cash flow? Because of the life of the lighting, especially if your customer has less than 4,000 hour burn, 4,000 hours a year that they're burning the lights. Even if they're exterior lights, right? Most of the lighting is a, has a 50,000 hour LM70 useful life. So we can justify with the customer that we believe that Greg's products are going to last in your setting probably 15 years. Who knows? But if you look at it over a 10 year cash flow spread against the savings and the financing, it's really a very cash flow positive business proposition for the customer. Have you ever been in a situation yeah. where the equipment all failed and the customer was still making payments on it? Not all. One, We had one cannabis deal where 60%, and, and unfortunately it was a friend of mine who came to us for financing up in Washington State, and the lights were delivered and installed, and he had a about a 60% of the lights failed, and they think it was a driver issue, and it was a real, it was a real pain in the butt, but it wasn't our fault. You know, he, he made his payments no problem. And I, I believe the manufacturer took care of the, uh, the driver issue. But I got to tell you, in, a, a failure rate has never caused a customer to call, call me and say, hey, we're not making our payment because these lights are failing left and right. Uh, I've had a couple of interesting scenarios where the customer says, hey, the, the project is not completed and I don't want to make my payments until the project is completed. So then I just get with the lighting company and I, what's going on. And we had one up in Michigan, the upper peninsula of Michigan, where the installation was delayed and, and problematic because of the weather up there in the, in the, in the peninsula. So we did a couple of deferred payments and everybody was happy. So with one thing I read on your website that a lot of times people do parts and labor labor warranty for the term of the agreement. So let's go back to that $100,000 deal and, and I propose it now all of a sudden they want to finance it and they want that parts and labor warranty. So you got to factor in the cost of that too, right? Like knowing that you might yeah. have to pay or fix something down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really not expensive. You know, there's a couple of really good third party warranty companies out there where you know, you're not insuring the whole system. You're insuring a percentage of the lights that are installed. 
And all that does is if you know, if you know in advance that, that it's a high, let's say it's a high bay project and you know that on average it's going to cost you 375 bucks to, to change those out and you're going to insure 3% or 6% of the fixtures. It really doesn't add that much cost uh, to the project. And now most of the product is coming with, you know, five, seven, 10 year product warranties. So it's pretty easy to add a, if you want to offer the customer a turnkey parts and labor warranty or the term of the financing, it's, it's not very expensive at all. So, so you're advocating for selling that warranty to them as a part of the project? No, I, I would I don't advocate selling it. I think I think it just becomes a part of the sales pitch and the sales process for an individual lighting company who gets comfortable selling a finance package, right? So so you're dealing with A with upfront cost, right? B justifying that your savings are you know and here today you know the savings. I mean, LED's been around so long that now it's it's really. I very rarely run into a customer who really doesn't believe that you know LED is going to be seventy five percent less power consumption. Therefore, two plus two equals four on the savings numbers. But if if you're selling to a customer who has uh, any concern about what happens if a light goes bad. You know, three years after you sell it to me, you say, well, it's covered under warranty, but, you know, you would have to replace the light. And if it's a high bay or, you know, a wall pack exterior light, something that's a, a pain in the neck, you, you, you as a lighting company may be, you know, willing to offer them a turnkey warranty that includes labor, you know, for the life of the, of, of the financing or for the life of the, of the manufacturer's warranty. It's, it's really not that expensive. Yeah, I don't know. In about your bio, that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I've. Uh, I've had Greg. Uh, let's just talk about warrant. The promises, promises here for a second. Sure. How many catastrophic what? failures have you had in your career with LED? What do you consider catastrophic? <laughs> Percentage. Well, where you're the customers freaking out because they can't see because all the lights are turned purple or something like that. Or I've had, had about some, a dozen. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I've had about a dozen fair. catastrophic failures where they, you know, they, every light in the factory had to be changed after two years wow. or three years or something like that. And we we offer one year labor, and the manufacturer actually came through on one of them and replaced all the fixtures and everything else. And then we've had a couple manufacturers just go missing, <laughs> um, you know, not uh, missing an action on it. So uh, those are, I, I would say that. What you've put across is not my experience. How's that? Is that fair? Like what you said that it's not expensive? I think I think lighting distributors should be very careful um, when adding labor warranties to things. Greg, what do you think about that? And we'll go over to Ross in a second here. I always do. I, I, I try to keep the labor to, to a minimum in terms of warranty because it's so hard to factor in what that cost might be if there becomes an issue. And luckily, I partner with manufacturers that will typically help me with that labor cost if there is anything catastrophic. So I suggest doing that. Find somebody that is going to be in business to help you in the long run. Um, but yeah, I, you may I want to consider Keystone Technologies, man. They're a good company that way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they are. They back their stuff. So I mean, everyone has mistakes. So you've only had you haven't in your career since 2011 had any major catastrophic. Well, that you know about actually. You may not have even known. They may have just made the payments. 
nothing that's come to our and and, you know again i haven't had any operators you know vendor partners who wouldn't you know immediately jump on that take care of it anyway so Mm -hmm. maybe i've been lucky but i have not had an issue where the customer has failed to make their payment due to product malfunction i just Mm -hmm. haven't had that happen and that's one thing that, you know, you, you deal with a lot of different companies around the country and everybody does business a different way or a certain way. There's got to be some people that have imported stuff direct from China. Doesn't that worry you as a finance company or whoever's providing that money that the fixers might not work? I know you haven't had the issue, but I would be a little concerned about that. Yeah, it did, especially when we first started, you know, trying to navigate what was DLC, what was what is DLC, what does it really do, you know, and just. The product warranties. Who what are do you think companies? the DLC does? What do you think the DLC does? I don't want to make a bad comment here. Um, <laughs> from what I, I don't know, but from what I've heard in the industry, they take money from people to list products, and that's about it. But what does DLC mean for for the for you? Like, what does that mean? Well, Energy efficiency, me, quality, quality. What does it mean to me? To me, when we first started it was the it was the gauge of whether a product qualified for utility uh, rebates and incentives perfect answer wow <laughs> that's exactly what it is yeah that's it that and nothing yeah, more right. than that and nothing right, more than exactly. that yeah yeah and I, le- I learned that but when we first we did our first uh, project where with uh, the energy trust of oregon because all the products that we financed had to be DLC, you know, had to be on the DLC. And we, I mean, we checked that at the beginning, but then we got to the point where they're not going to get a rebate if it's not DLC. So we stopped, uh, we stopped underwriting that portion of the deal. But I would say I very seldom see any projects that have uh, equipment that we haven't seen before, but who knows? It's likely to happen on the next deal. So we do watch it. So you do actually request and what? So let's say again, put Premier Lighting on the spot because I rep them. Um, if if I was going to work with you on a project, would you actually look at the cut sheets of the fixtures that I'm proposing and selling? Well, on our first deal, what we do uh, for, in any deal that we do our first time through, we we underwrite the the lighting partner. So in other words, how long have you been around? How many projects have you done? We look at DMB, make sure there's no lien suits and judgments for non-performance on a contract. Have they been sued for non-performance on a contract? So we we do our best to vet the 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 what we call the vendors, right? The the lighting suppliers and the and the sales companies. And then the next step is what products do you typically use in your projects? And on the first project. We request cut sheets on on the lighting that's being installed, and just all we're doing is protecting our lenders and investors from bad operators. And once we do a couple, two, three deals, you know, we 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 know you and we know how you operate. So, and and honestly, I haven't had the issues that some people have with um, what they used to call. I don't hear the term much anymore, but there used to be a popular term called trunk slammers, right? That would go in and would sell crap. I got nothing but love for the trunk slammers, brother. I love those guys. (laughs) 
Well, I don't see it, but I don't see it much. I never really did, but I heard about it, you know. Hustlers, man. Swinging through the trees with a knife in their teeth. Love those guys. Try to get them working for right. me, man. Those guys are the bomb. They're out there hustling. I love them. Um, Ross, in, in your bio at the beginning, Mike mentioned it, and then you said something too. You said the fourth quarter of 2011. Why then? What happened at that point where you decided we're going to go all of the energy? Oh, well, that, 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 you got to go back to when I was a big operator. We had a good sized leasing company in Portland, Oregon. And uh, we were, that's a general equipment leasing company, right? Trucks, trailers, construction equipment, machine tools, everything you can think about. Well, you know what happened in 2008 to big leasing companies, right? We ended up in the special assets management business. So our leasing company was on fire and I spent uh, three and a half years putting that fire out by working out bad deals, repossessing and remarketing equipment, um, collecting, you know, things that uh, sales guys don't typically like to do. I had to do that for about three and a half years. So about the middle of uh, 2011, uh, we wanted to get back in the game, but not back in that game. And my business partner at the time, who was a very smart guy, said, uh, you know, nobody in Portland has done a green leasing company. And I thought, wow, that's a brilliant idea. So we branded ourselves as the green leasing company and started going after solar uh, in about the middle of 2011 when it was $6.50 a watt and it didn't make any sense. But we got introduced in fourth quarter to the uh, folks who run uh, the, the Energy Trust of Oregon. And we, we learned about energy efficiency and learned about this new thing called LED lighting. And back then, actually in 2011, it was prior to Energy Trust authorizing rebates on LED. So it was first quarter of 2012 when we first started seeing ETO rebates on LED lighting projects. But that's how we got into it was because I didn't want to do that other stuff ever again. What was your most active year? Uh, in terms of the most loans processed or applications processed, whatever you want to, I mean, you could do volume, I guess, too, or dollar amount, but I'm thinking that 2018, I think 2018, 2018. because we, in late 2017, we launched a lighting as a service program with a, a company out of Florida that is no longer around. That was probably my worst experience in, in lighting financing, but that year, our our the network that we developed quoted over 200 million in projects and it was we were blowing and going and doing doing pretty good close rate was still super low maybe five ten percent i mean it was very very low close rate because what they were doing was not what we had intended the intention was to really create a lighting as a service program that there was no project cost it's just we come in you know, change out all your lights. We take care of them for the term. Here's what your monthly service payment is. But 90% of the folks that did it were just throwing another quote up against the wall. Say, here's the cash price. Here's a lighting as a service price. Well, if you if you add up the numbers, it doesn't make any sense, right? So that, yeah, I don't that think lighting as a service makes any sense, to be honest with you. I mean, there are 
some unique. I mean, we've interviewed that that, that kind of went away, Greg. Eh? You don't hear about that. That's anymore. what I wanted to get into. Is is that because I, I'm curious? Like it was hot, and and people talked about it, and then it's right. it's not talked about really anymore. But you mentioned it. So was that the only company that you dealt with that tried that, or are there others? Uh, there's there's plenty of others that have have tried it. The pr the problem is is not having the sales discipline to keep your mouth shut when the customer says, "What if I just pay cash?" Well, we don't offer that. That's the answer, right? So there's no discipline to most. There's a few out there that that, that that that's the only thing they offer is a 10 year lighting as a service program, and they are making fat money. On those deals, looking for suckers. <laughs> look, look, looking for no. They're they're pitching a finance structure that the customer can actually do what they want to do and keep it off their balance sheet. So the good ones are that are out there are structuring what what should be considered by most commercial entities and off balance. Yeah. Offer. I always, I always, I always considered lighting as a service is how can we trick people into paying way more for their lighting than they should? <laughs> That's kind of how I always thought of it whenever I looked at it and went, and I'm, I'm going to be straight with you, Ross. I'm never going to sit in front of a customer and shut my mouth when they ask me how much a deal is. You know, I mean, sure. I feel like if you're a person of integrity, you know, if you're, if you're told this is all we do and that's it, um, and you're leaving everything else on the table, fine, okay? Yeah. But I can't look a customer in the eye and say, yeah, they, you're going to pay me, you know, 7000 a month forever. <laughs> or you could pay 200000 right now. Or we could, you know, construction. I, I, I want to, I'd have a, like, knowing what I know, I'd have a hard, very, very difficult time with my conscience if I did that. Well, I, and I, I'm not advocating anything. I'm just telling you that if you're, you're making buckets of cash, if you're going to sell a service, are, are you going to sell a product? Or are you going to sell a service? Right. So the guys lighting as a service in theory is supposed to be we own and maintain the lighting for the life of the cycle. You have no risk. And and actually, the best ones are now doing a metered usage basis type product where it is there's full M and V on the project. The lighting circuits have M and V where here's the avoided cost. They're, they have a variable payment on a monthly basis. Those are very good service based programs because it helps the customers who have either, you know, they can't capitalize the project. They can't borrow any money because of borrowing covenants. They have to have a program that they can treat as an operating expense. Mm -hmm. So there are some very good programs out there. All I'm saying is in 2018, we had a lot of quoters that were not leading with lighting as a service, which was the intention of the program. They were saying, here's the cash price. Here's a lighting as a service option, but not really explaining what the difference was between all the customer knew was, hey, I'm paying 25, 30 points more than what I should for this deal and not having any value of what was what that lighting as a service program is. So I don't disagree with you, but I do believe that there's a, a, a proper and a good way to present lighting as a service to the right kind of customers that makes sense. I want to bring on those guys that we interviewed a year, two or three years ago, Greg. 
that were like all hot. They were going to take over the lighting business. The lighting business was over. No one's going to sell a lighting job again. Everyone's going to go lighting as a service. Remember all that? And they were trying to name it Lux as a service, Lumens as a service. Everyone was coming up with different names for it and all that. And it just kind of petered out. In my opinion, I don't see it anymore. Do you ever hear it anymore, Greg? I never hear about it. I don't. No, I don't hear lighting as a service. And I've never attempted to try to sell it that way either. But it, I get where the idea comes from. It just hasn't caught on. I don't know that it ever will. No. The next question I have for you, Ross, is when does the distributor get paid? How long does it take? Well, uh, the distributor, are they uh, the one that's selling directly to the customer or... You're talk okay, when, so Greg, when do you pay Greg? When do you pay? When does Greg get the hundred thousand on the deal we talked about earlier? Give me that money. I, I would say in most of our deals, it's fifty percent upfront, fifty percent on project wow. completion. Wow! And the reason we do that is because a lot of the a lot of the light a lot of the Gregs that we work with don't have a, a, a big balance sheet, right? So they need working capital to get the project done. In some cases. Larger deals will have what's called progress payments where, you know, if you're doing a multiple location deal, we might do uh, every, depending on how many, how many sites there are, um, you know, progress payments on, on specific and, and on large projects, right? Where, you know, school district and it's a six month installation cycle, we may do draws on that, but and I would say in most cases, it's 50-50. In some cases, we've had some unique situations where it might be some specialty lighting or some poles that need to be included in the deal where we need to advance 75%. But I, I just usually try to go with the 50-50 because it's easy for everybody and it usually covers Greg's cost on product. That sounds like a good deal to me. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to get paid right away. All right, one question, and maybe you can't answer this, but is it your own money you're providing or your company's money, or are Ooh, you always that's my like question. a broker? Oh, dang. No. <laughs> no listen, it, it was, you know, it's never your own money. It's kind of funny. It always comes from we, when we were a, a larger leasing company. The only reason it was my money was because my personal guarantee was on the money that was coming. We were about 80-20. We were 20% equity, 80% debt on what we were doing. But when we started this, it, it's a specialty niche. Not not every funding source in the world is gets excited about financing lights or HVAC or controls or anything else. So we built a portfolio and literally probably have over 100 different funding sources because one thing for sure I can tell you, every deal is different, every credit quality is different, and every lender investor has a specific box that they're trying to fit a deal into. So that's part of what we do on an intake. But whose basis. money is it? Are you, you taking it from, like, where are you getting it? Like, do you have investors or, like, is it? Uh... Yeah, bank, you got, we have banks, we have investors, we have independent finance companies. We have a couple of large bank portfolios that we sell those uh, tax exempt deals into. I've just everybody that's in the that's in the game that really understands, you know, the, the type of financing that we're doing, which is in the energy space. We have a, a pretty big portfolio, including some overseas uh, 
investors that do some larger, what we call ESAs, energy services agreements, for larger projects here in the U.S. and Canada. So, so for me, it's always other. Yeah. For me, it's always other people's money. It's not our money. <laughs> That's about to be. Before I only, podcast. I, only, I only make money if Greg sells a deal. There you go. Well, I'm trying to sell a deal now, Ross. So this is where I was going. Before the, the call today or the podcast today, I was on a call with a uh, company in the healthcare-related field. They have, you know, big company, whatever. Small project, 20 grand. They said, um, you know, they said, we don't have the money. I said, well, what about financing? Have you thought about that? Well, we don't finance. What do you tell a company that won't finance and doesn't have money to pay for something that makes sense? What should I tell them? Should I give them the breakdown? Should I do an example project? What's the right way to move on? Yeah, big companies are, you know, you never know if you're talking to the, the person that really knows what the hell they're talking about or not. You know, we give you give you a quick example of a hospital deal where one of our lighting partners brought us a hospital retrofit deal. And uh, I was able to get on the phone. I said, listen, I need to talk to the CFO. Great gal. Her name is Cheryl. Got on the phone with Cheryl. I said, Cheryl, tell me, just tell me how this deal needs to be structured so you can sign it. She told me exactly how it needed to be done. We did it that way. I sent her the documents. Didn't hear anything back. A couple, two, three days go by. I'm like, hey, Cheryl, what's going on? She goes, I can't do the deal. I'm like, what? You know, it, so it went to their parent company. Parent company said, no, you can't do that. It has to be structured as a service agreement. So long story short, even when you think you're talking to the right people, you may not be talking to the right people in a big scenario like that. The only thing I could think of, if you're talking to a customer on a small project like that, that's a medical type of, of business, ask them. I, I would say, you know, maybe go for like a 12-month equal payment, 0%. And say, what if we were able to give invoice you 12, you know, once a month would just divide the project cost by 12. What is that? Maybe... 1200 bucks, something, whatever, 1500 bucks a month. If we build you 1500 bucks a month over a 12 month period, could you do that? So kind of finance that if I were you, I would, and it's a $20,000 deal. I may offer them 12 months, same as cash and just bill them monthly on it. I think we I have to go back now. to, well, well he's going <laughs> to give you the money. Ross has got the money. He's got a checkbook oh, right Ross there on the table. Okay. Yeah. Ross going to give you the money. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his checkbook out right now. He's going to stroke the check. 20 grand, Premier Lighting. Um, no, but Greg, I, I think the only response to that, this is obviously a rebate energy efficiency project, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. How much is the rebate? <laughs> so it's a, it's it's really like a $30,000 cost, 10 grand rebate, something like that. So, so they're out 20, call it, right? Yeah. What's the energy savings yeah. per month? Uh, 3,000, something like that. 3,000, wow. So no, no, dude, no, no, there... no, no, not, not, not per month. Um, put me on the spot here. I think it's like 8,000 a year. So it was like a two or three year payback somewhere in there. So 700 bucks a month, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. So I would say you already have the money. What are you talking about? Well, we're just going to move it from your hydro bill to Ross. 
You're just gonna you're gonna take the seven hundred bucks off your hydro bill, and you're gonna send that to Ross over at um, what's the name of your company, Ross? Ross's Loans, <laughs> Loan Shark Ross. You're gonna, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna cut a check to Ross for seven hundred bucks instead of no. cutting that 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 thing. Do you, and then the question becomes back to the beginning: Do you believe that you are going to save energy? And this is right. so fundamental to the financing side of it because I used to, I've done tons of financing deals, man, in my career. I actually had my own finance company. It was called Shared Savings. And I loaned my own money out to my customers because there was like a, a pocket of industry that, you know, guys that had 10 to 20 halides, Greg, in their shop. Uh-huh. So let's say you have an auto shop, like your garage that you're in right now, Ross. How many halides you got in there? I can do a job for you. <laughs> Ross is in his garage for all those listening right now. He's got the car in the background. He, he's, he's loan sharking out of his garage. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, like you had this like group of customers in Ontario where, there was, they had like six to 20 to 30 halides. Okay. But the person that ran the business was, you know, month to month, whatever they made, that's their money. And they weren't looking to invest. They didn't own the property. They had every excuse under the book, right. To not do it. So for them, you say, look, I'm going to give it to you for free. You just have to pay me the energy savings every month. And that's where that belief structure comes in. And what I've been able to do in my career is I've proven it to people over and over again that the energy savings are real. And usually it's more because they're leaving their lights on or the lights are on a lot longer than they say they're on. And so, you know, we had a customer that I flat out split the energy savings with them. It was a huge mall, Greg. And the guy said, no, 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 no. We turn off the lights every night at nine o'clock. I drove by the mall. Lights are on all night. So this guy's going to save a fortune on this. But instead of pricing him the job, I just said, we'll split the proven energy savings 50-50. He said, deal. And man, those arguments, every every quarter we did a reconciliation because he had five hydro bills coming into place and it was complicated. We did a reconciliation every quarter and man, that was a shit. He was I can't believe I owe you this much money. I'm like, look, bud. You, this is, your energy savings in this last quarter was $35,000, man. Where's my money? <laughs> let's go <laughs> right so yeah. and it, we proved it so that's a belief structure you should ask them that question do you like a serious question do you believe that if i change these lights to led that you're going to actually save 700 dollars a month because right. it, it sounds to me like you don't believe that right, right. that puts people Maybe that we, puts people on the spot dude it's like well do you believe it or not yeah. because it's real that's why everyone's switching and so that's where financing comes in the most, I think, is in that conversation. Is it, If you actually believe this, then you already have the money. You're just going to send it to Ross instead of the utility. Hey, Greg, is that, is that deal in Ontario? I'm no. in Ontario. There's no, there's, no, there's no fluorescence or metal halides left in Ontario. Everyone's converted. It's over. It's over. Cleaned it out. Shut down. Ross, any where further thoughts? Where's that deal at? In, oh, it's in, in Minnesota. Minnesota area. Yeah, yeah. Ross is hungry for a deal right now. He wants to sign you up. Let's get him going. You know, the thing, the thing that, that crossed my mind is if you say hydro, so obviously you're, you're it, it maybe think if it's in Ontario, you know, you could probably do that bill on bill, on bill repayment. And, you know, maybe, maybe the customer can do on bill repayment. But that I don't believe is available in Minnesota. I know it is in Ontario. Gotcha. 
So, folks, Ross, any final thoughts for the Keystone Technologies listeners out there? Oh, I, got, I brought the ad in early. Go to KeystoneTech.com, folks. Just to sneak it in there before you folks that turn off at 96% of the podcast, you're not listening to those ads. I got gotcha. you. Any final thoughts for the, the listeners, Ross? Yeah, we have a special deal for folks using Keystone. Um, you know, we, we'll give you a, a break on the rates and give you better rates for your customers, and we'd love to do more business with Keystone. Great product, and uh, mm-hmm. we'd love Amen. to work with their partners. So I really appreciate the opportunity to have these discussions because I work with so many uh, lighting guys that, you know, once they get it, you know, once, I, I really enjoy get, getting these deals across the finish line and helping them helping them close deals. And once they get comfortable with it, it's uh, pretty damn easy to get more business from them. So I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. I'm laughing my head off here, and I'm, I put myself on mute because I thought you were going to say I'm working out of my garage and I really need some business. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ross, it's been a pleasure, folks. If you made it this far, Greg, we got to go to KeystoneTech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. Light made easy, the easy folks, Greg. That's right. Color selectable, water selectable. We talked about at the beginning. Sell one product that does multiple things, and Keystone's got it for just about every fixture they make. And look, man, I can vouch for them. They're, they they stand behind their product, so great product to get in bed with on a on a, um, a, um, a financing deal with Ross. And, of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Go to NAILD.org. That's right. Be there at B-Square. September 13th, Dallas Market Center, Arclight Summit. Teamed up with Nailed, sucker. That's right. Come on down and hang out with us. We're going to get it on. And you should see that itinerary if we just cooked it up. It's pretty hot. It's coming out soon. So check it out. And, of course, get your people in LS Evolve. Maybe we should do like a little LS Evolve on financing, huh? Maybe we'll do that. We'll hook Ross up and he can do a little five-pack of educational sessions, five minutes each, on how to sell financing, how it works, what's the terminology. I already signed him up. I'm not even going to let him say no because you know what? He's like me. Close those deals right away. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye for now.